Welcome to the Dive into Reiki podcast. I'm Natalie, and together we will enjoy a series of conversations that explore the journey of Reiki practitioners and teachers from all lineages. 100% Reiki-focused stories, 100% human. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. Um, we're interviewing a wonderful person, Yoyan Yonker, and I'm already laughing speaking with him as we prepare this interview. He's a wonderful sense of humor and knowledge about Reiki. He became a Reiki master and developed particular interest in spirituality in general and mysticism. In 2010, he graduated in interreligious spirituality from the Radboud University in the Netherlands. He continued in 2011 as an external PhD candidate as a boatsider, which is both a Reiki practitioner and academic scholar. In 2016, he finished his doctoral study on the migration of Reiki to the West. Jojan took on his doctoral degree in the field of religious studies. His research interests include Eastern traditions emerging in the West, spirituality, spiritual practices, complementary and alternative medicine, healing and mysticism. Welcome, Jojan. Thank you so much for giving me the time. Thank you, Natalie, for the invitation. I really like it. I look forward to this conversation. Me too. So we're going to start this interview the way I start every interview is the first time you came into contact with Reiki. How was that experience? The first time I came in contact with Reiki, that was um, the first time when I heard about Reiki. That is, of course, uh, the first time. And after that, you feel it. I think that that's the normal order. Uh, in, it was in 1994. And I was at that time a consultant for a software house. And I started uh, really early because I wanted to be there before the traffic jam started. So at seven o'clock, I was sitting behind my desk and there was a colleague from another software house uh, who, who did the same. So we, we started very early and at half past seven, the others came, came in. So we and we, we didn't work. We, we, we talked about spirituality. Uh, so we were dressed up in our blue suits with our Samsonite cases next to us and our laptop opened and we talked about spirituality. <laughs> That's an amazing image. Yeah. It's not what you will expect from people in suits. Yeah, but it's the Netherlands, so you can imagine we are flexible. And um, and, and it was a project where uh, that hold 50 men and zero women. And uh, from the 50 men, 49 were in stress and he, he never was. And um, he told me about Reiki and it was something with the laying on of hands. And I thought it was a very woo-woo story and I think, yeah, energy, blah, 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 yes, of course. But nevertheless, it, it went, that's how it went day, day in, day out. And he also uh, told a lot about uh, Sai Baba. And, uh, he and his wife were, very, were really uh, devotees of Sai Baba. And in those days, he was a popular uh, guru from India. He made his transition now, but nevertheless, he, he was always uh, uh, dressed in orange and he had this Afro, Afro uh, hair, but it, it, it wasn't a man from India, but it, yeah. it was a, a mixture of all kinds of things. But anyway, Reiki. And um, so I thought my intuition said, well, maybe you should take a look at it. And at that time, uh, my, my wife, now my ex-wife, she was a psychologist and she had a colleague um, who was also a psychologist then. And that colleague told my ex-wife that uh, she, she had become Reiki master. And so my ex-wife thought, hey, that's interesting. And Jojan starts about Reiki and she starts about Reiki. And so I thought, well, she's a psychologist. So there must be some sense or some, some, 
something from seriousness in it. So let's do it. And um, so in 1994, uh, I started my, I, I took my Reiki one class. And after five minutes or something uh, like that, um, oh, I, 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 I skipped one step. And because in, indeed, Karina uh, Verhoeven uh, told my ex-wife that she was Reiki master and she had an, what we call an information evening. So that you could hear that's where she where people uh, tell what Reiki is. So to inform people and to give the possibility to to sign up for a Reiki class. And that was the first time that um, somebody uh, put her hands on me and that I could really feel what happened. And I immediately, immediately felt it. Totally fell in love with the lady who gave me Reiki, of course, because it was not so easy. Not so easy to distinguish. And by the way, the second time the same thing happened, and the third time that I, I felt Reiki, it was from a man. I think, and I, I'm not falling many of oh, I'm not falling a lot of men. It must be something else. <laughs> so that's, that's a good point. Like a lot of time, we confuse that spiritual love that goes into Reiki with with like physical love. Like it's happened yeah. to most of us, probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. It. It can be confusing. But maybe that is uh, fusing is part of confusing. Maybe that's it. And uh, that's uh, a so beautiful take on it. Yeah. So it, it fused and then confused, something like that. But anyway, so that was for me reason enough to sign up for Reiki One class. And um, but when when she was giving, when she was when she had started, after five minutes, I I had a feeling that I was struck by something from bomb. I am looking into my future. This is what I'm going to be. I'm going to be a Reiki master. Full stop. That's it. I saw my future. So I, I just, I, ju I just followed the, the Reiki class, and I immediately wanted to sign up for the Reiki two class. And she said, No, 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 no. That's in those days you had to wait three months. I said, Okay, I wait three months. And three months later, I, I was there again, of course. And um, and she had her monthly gathering, so I was a, a, a devoted. Uh, person who came came back every month for the for the Reiki exchange and uh, and so, so it went and after three months it was Reiki too and I said I want to become a Reiki master as you know yeah 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 but you have to at least have to uh, be uh, initiated for three years oh, three years but we start sooner I said okay we start sooner so after two years we start our uh, Reiki master training so that I could become Reiki master in about three years and that was early 1998 and that was it, more or less. So it was, uh, it it yeah, it it suited me. It it yeah, it it felt well, so to speak. And I could also combine it quite well with my work as uh, uh, cons as ICT consultant. And in the first years, all my students were colleagues or or from the the company that that had hired us. And uh, wow. because the, because. Now I was one of those fifty guys who didn't fell into stress and uh, on on project and and now other people started to think maybe it has something to do with that Reiki of him. So I wasn't really advertising, but Reiki became very soon a way of life, so to speak, and people picked it up and um, and and wanted to, to follow a class, and that's that's how it. And it was of a little bit uh, like a project from. Uh, I gave classes in the weekend because we our week 
end it on Friday, and then we said to the, we see you tomorrow in the Reiki class. Yes, and it was Saturday, Sunday was uh, the class, and on a Monday we were back in the office again. So I could immediately ask, and how was it? Oh. <laughs> and there was one one particular uh, experience that was very nice to illustrate the transformation that people uh, can experience because it was a lady who wanted to do a Reiki class and her issue was that she could not say no. And she worked at the help desk. And if you always say yes to everybody who comes to a help desk, you're, you are overloaded constantly. So she was totally overloaded constantly. And she did a Reiki class and the Monday after, the, the day after, I walked into her office and I said, and it was the Reiki class and the, dim was, the light was dimmed and she was burning incense and, and a candle. I said, oh, well, she took the sphere, the atmosphere of the Reiki class into her office. But okay. And, uh, and then somebody else came in and he wanted to, he said, well, how was the Reiki? Yeah, it was, and she wanted to say, okay, 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 okay. It's, it was good. How about blah, 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 blah. And I saw suddenly a change in her eyes. And he said, can you do uh, this and that, that? And I saw a change in her eyes. And she said, no. Oh, I love that. And I was shocked. He was shocked. She was shocked of herself. And, and but it was so, it was a beautiful uh, example of how to witness the transformation that people can experience uh, because of a, a, a rate. Normally, you, you don't see that. Normally, students go. And they come back after a month and then they tell what they have experienced. But now it was, I saw it. I saw the transformation. And that was, that was beautiful. Beautiful. And also, I like that the example you choose is not this person who came very peaceful and like very hippie. She actually, no, was centered and had clear boundaries, right? Like she was able to set boundaries. So I love that example yeah. because a lot of times we think, oh, once I have Reiki, I'll never get upset and I will never say no and everything will flow. No, you will be centered and know when to say no and when not to take toxic situations. I love that. Yeah, exactly. And when it is yes, it is yes. That's also good to know. So it, it's much more clear for other people. From if, if you say yes, then it's yes, and they can count on it. And if you say no, then it's no, and we will come back on it later when it is when the time is right, something like that. I, so I love that. Was, so yeah. that was my start with Reiki and my Reiki mastery. And um, but already in the beginning, I yeah, that is perhaps my academic mind because I had already a master degree in in computer science, and um, but also my interest in Reiki because I was in, was and still am interested in what is Reiki, why does it work the way it works? But I also immediately had questions about the story. For instance, uh, in those days, the narrative that was shared also by my Reiki master, it, that it was Dr. Uzui and Dr. Hayashi. And I always on a doctor, PhD, or uh, what doctor, where did he study? What, what kind of PhD did he get? Yeah, nobody knew. And, and um, but also, also that he, in those days, it was said that he was a teacher at a, at a Christian school or Christian university. And I thought a, a Japanese man, Teaching in a Christian school that didn't make didn't know that much of Japan, but it didn't. Those things didn't make sense. There was something odd about it. But what also was odd for me is that Usubi was the founder of a healing system, and the only testimonies uh, we heard was that he came down from the mountain and that he hurt his toe and that he held his feet in his hands, and that that in the restaurant uh, that he held the waitress and put her hands on. Well. The, 
I can do the review if you have something, if you have a headache or something in your tooth or, and if you, you fall on the ground, you also pick your feet. So I was not really impressed by it, but that was, those were the stories and ooh, 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 what was that special? And I thought, is that, is that so special? And if he is the founder of a healing system, why are there no narratives from 2022 to 2026? Where are the cripple that suddenly start walking? Where are the blind that suddenly could see? Nothing. So I had questions, but there I was no. That. I believe the story. They told me the story. I'm like, okay. Like I completely like. I didn't know very much about Japan. Now I realize how crazy it is. But when I I didn't know anything, and then it because it sounded so familiar, so Christian. It was, I think that's why we, I didn't question. It felt like any other, almost like a Bible story, right? This guy who suddenly gets this power and heals and that's it. So I love that you actually were able to question those things. Most of us, we're just like, okay. Yeah, but support, just imagine that it was not a Japanese man, but it was a Belgian man. And that he climbed up a mountain on, in the Ardennes. In the Belgian <laughs> no, then I, I doubt it because there are no mountains in their dance. Yeah. Yeah, well, well, Mount Karam is also not that high. But <laughs> it, it is, it, it, uh, so, and he climbs on the Ardennes, and then he, after 21 days, he comes, he comes down and said, I'm a healer. Or, I, I know how to do it. And then you hear nothing about it from, from 1922 to 1926. So that's. Yeah. Those, those were long standing questions, so to speak. But in what you said, there was what I said. There was the, there was no other knowledge, and it was always if you you uh, um, asked something to Paul Mitchell or or Phyllis Furumoto or the Takata Masia, this is what Takata said because Takata said so, and so there there was no room for discussion, and so you just had to let it go. But I yeah, that that was me. It was it was not enough, and also um, I had some some special experience that I could not explain. And it also put me on the path from, uh, from, from what are we practicing? And, and maybe it's interesting to share if, if, I, if you permit. I would love for you to share those experiences so people have a, an idea of what you're expressing. Yeah. Okay. It was, uh, what was it? I think somewhere, I think 2000 or 2001 or two, some, something like that. There was a, a conference of the Reiki Alliance because I am initially trained in Usuishi Kriyoho and I became a member of the Reiki Alliance that is a, a, a group uh, or an association explicitly for Reiki masters of Usuishi Kriyoho masters and once a year they have a conference somewhere on the, in the world and um, we had a conference this time in Germany and uh, th there was an auction because the, there was financial problems blah 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 doesn't matter there was an auction and all kinds of things were put on sale like, like like one of the organizers had uh, drink out of a cup from tea and uh, it was for it was put on auction those kind of things but it was also one serious thing that was there was a, a treatment from four Takata masters uh, Rick Bogner, Wanya Tlan, uh, uh, Shinobu Saito, and uh, Paul Mitchell. And when they said it on day one, I thought this is for me. This is for me. I must have it. I must have it. This is for me. And it, it would take place, I think, on day five or something like, like that. And um, so I had an, uh, um, a meeting with my, though in those days, wife, now ex-wife, what my budget would be for this. Because I asked link, left and right, from, what are you going to offer for this treatment? Because it's very special. Uh, 50, dollar, 50 euros, maybe 100. 
I assume that that is not enough. So meeting with my ex-wife by the phone. Okay, I, I had a budget of 500 euros. Wow, that's a lot of money at the time. Yes, still but still it still is. Yeah. And the auction started, the auction started, and it was 100, 200, 300, 400, 500. And all my colleagues who I spoke with looked at me and said, ah, there goes his budget. <laughs> and and there was one there was one uh, Reiki master, I think it was the Dutch Reiki master, Fokker Rink, I just mentioned. And he said, go for it, go for it. So it was already 700, 800, and there were only a few people left. And I stepped in again, 800 or something. I forgot, I even forgot it because I, I went into a trance. I, I don't even remember it. And it was 900,000. And then there were two people left, an American lady and me. And it, it what was told at me later, because we were, I think, 120 people, they, they all were shouting and screaming. And there were people behind me drawing Reiki symbols and power symbols and go for it. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I wasn't there. I was there, but but I wasn't there. I wasn't there. It was completely in trance. So we went on and on and on and on, and it went went up to sixteen hundred. And I and I thought I'm I, I'm pissed off with this kind of. I go to thousand, but I knew if I would do that, the, the American lady would say three thousand. So it would. I, so there was some some sense in my head who said, "Don't do this." And the auction. Uh, person who, who led the auction, she saw that this was it, this was the end. So she said, you know what, I asked those four Takatamas if they will both give you a treatment for $1,600. Yeah! I didn't close one eye that night, of course. And uh, the next day we would receive this treatment and this American lady went first and she came out with, with handkerchiefs in her hands and her eyes red and totally in tears. And I thought, oh God, Jesus, this is going to be... A a total car crash with emotions. So let's do it. So I already put my handkerchiefs a little bit out of my pocket so that I could <laughs> immediately pick them. But it was not, not necessary because in in just a matter of in I, I very 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 soon after just a five minutes or something, I noticed that that I. I was going somewhere and, and my mind came at a place where there was nothing. No emotion, no light, no nothing. Just the th only the thought that I was thinking. And I knew that if I would let go this thought, it would be the end. That, that was it. And that brought me a little bit back. And after that, uh, I, uh, of course, we shared uh, the five of us, the four Takata masters with me from what happened. And um, one of them said, well, we've, we sensed what happened. And um, they said, you have been at a place where so many people long for. And you, you, got, you, you did it. And uh, two years later, Wanya Twan came back to me on another conference of the Reiki Lines and she said, what you did was mastery on the element of money because you were willing to pay an extremely lot of money for this treatment because you knew it would offer you something even before you got it and you did it and it offered you a lot. So, and those kind of experiences were for me the trigger to, to make a study out of Reiki because I, I just wanted to, because those kind of experience gave me the question, what am I practicing? 
as simple as that. And uh, so I started uh, questions left and right from what, what do you think the spirituality is? Well, I, I asked it to 10 colleagues and I got 20 different answers. I, this, this is not, this brings me nowhere. I have, I was an academic, as I told you. So what, um, I buy a book, I buy a book, but there are not so many uh, at those days. There were no academic books on Reiki. So where to start? And I said, well, through an event of coincidences, that is how, that is, I think, the path of Reiki that led me, this suddenly happened, that suddenly happened. And I suddenly there was an information day for the Radboud University about the study into religious spirituality. And I thought, that, well, and I went to the, and I thought, this is for me. This is for me. And, and because they started, the first thing that they said is, well, in, in the landscape of religions and spirituality, that there are a lot of truths and we study them all. But we don't say which one is true. Well, that's beautiful. That is actually beautiful. And I thought, this is exactly what I'm looking for. The, the non-biased the, uh, non and... Um, uh, non-judgmental non approach of the study of spirituality, this is what I need. So uh, I started in 2007 and my uh, the plan was to write a, write a master thesis on mystical experiences of Reiki masters. And so I did. And uh, I sent out a survey and uh, to Dutch Reiki masters, yeah, that then of course science steps in eh, and you have to be a control group. So it has to be Masters over Suishi Kriyoho, because it's one style. It had to be Reiki masters from the Netherlands and Belgium. Uh, so it's one culture. And it had to be Reiki masters who were 10 years at least Reiki master, because Phyllis Furumoto had said, if you are 10 years Reiki master, you will remain Reiki master for the rest of your life. So apparently you, you have reached a level of maturity that you will stay Reiki master. So those kind of... Uh, but anyway, I got something like 70... Um, uh, experiences shared with me and uh, I had a, a um, because of the study I knew how to, what a mystical experience could be so I used a model where with 10 characteristics and I matched them in those 70 experiences I found over 200 uh, occurrences of uh, signs of mystical experiences so that was uh, for me really interesting, but, but also for my colleagues, of course, because I shared this with many people in presentations. And, and uh, but I felt I, I'm not done yet. This is, this is not it. And my supervisor said, well, we would be interested if you continue with a PhD study on Reiki. And um, so I did. So I started in 2011 and um, we had to, a little bit from okay what what will be the topic and i thought that an interesting topic would be um what if we could reconstruct the spirituality of reiki in early japan early 1900 or the time of usui see what elements it held and uh, what happened with those elements during the migration from japan to to the, through takata to hawaii so to the united states so to speak to the west and from there to the Netherlands. And um, it's, it's quite distinctive periods eh? because it's 1922 up, up to 19, uh, let's say 1940 until Takata learned uh, in 1938 uh, and brought it to Hawaii. And then after uh, World War II, she really started to spread it in the United States and Canada. So the American continent, so to speak, 
in 1980, it really spread worldwide. So it's, it's three distinctive periods that you can really uh, compare with each other. And uh, so that is what I did. And indeed, it, it grew. It, it, it's normally a doctoral study is perhaps 200, 300 pages, something like that. And when I had my first 300 pages here, my supervisor and co-supervisor stopped, slow down, slow down. But they, over time, they noticed what, what I was doing and what I was trying to find out. And then there was some, some turning point that they said, you have to go home. Take, take a look at this and take a look at that. And um, because in, in the process of a doctoral study that normally takes five years, something like that, the first two years you have to read, 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 because you have to catch up with what is already there in academia. So you have to work faster than all the schoolers that are, are already in the field. Oh my God, yeah. And then after two years, you are more or less, okay, we're there. And then you have to, to do the new thing. So the first two years, uh, you, your supervisor is a supervisor. And then after two years, your supervisor becomes a colleague because you more or less know the same. You have the same level of knowledge. And then again, after so the last one or two years, you are the expert. So then your supervisor asks questions to you. Well, how about this? Or how about that? So that, that is, for every PhD student, that is more or less very recognizable, I would say. Because at some point, uh, when you have done your PhD, you, you are the expert in the field on that specific topic. And uh, so they they saw they, where I was going to, and then they, uh, yeah, they they inspired me to go on to uh, go on and on, and that became so this this doctoral study, and right. uh, that is how it became six hundred pages. Well, so what would be because you said like they knew where I was going for. So what was the core that drove your studies? Like I know it's the comparing the three eras, but like. Is there any findings that you would like to share? For example, one thing, for example, what are the components of Reiki that have stayed constant and will ensure it's still Reiki? And what areas do you think has evolved that it still can be considered Reiki? Yeah, there are things. It is still considered Reiki because we practice Reiki as we as we call it. Yeah. So it is Reiki. And uh, if you ask a modern Buddhist uh, what he is doing and compare it with what the Buddha did, well, probably they're also... Uh, and if you compare what the Pope is doing or a bishop and you compare it with what Jesus is doing, you think, hmm, oh, it's slightly different what the Pope <laughs> is doing, but still Christianity. Yeah. So things change per definition. And, uh, but there are a few things that remained the same. That is the laying on of hands, for instance, that remained the same. And um, the initiation, and although it was in, initially it was done during every event that you came together, with every gathering, you 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 got a, you received a reju as it was called, and later on in the West it transformed into that you only you, you received initiation during your Reiki one training or, or four, and then during your Reiki two training. But it was it was it was a change, but in essence there's still a rite passage to yeah. to come from no Reiki to Reiki. That is still the same. And I, I'm going to highlight because a lot of our viewers may not know that that in like and also in very Japanese traditional lineage, like offering attunements or initiation or reju is OK. Like you can get it anytime. Right. Like it yep. was like part of the tradition. So because I know sometimes people come to my circle and they're freaked out, like, why are you offering a reju? Like, well, it used to be like that. We've changed it. But I think it's a great thing that you brought to light to a lot of our listeners and viewers. Yeah. yeah. Well. 
what I uh, there's one specific uh, interpretation of Reju in English that I can appreciate, and that is blowing off the dust of your soul. That's beautiful. And that is what happens during your monthly gatherings. You just blow off the dust of the soul of your students. That's probably one of the most beautiful descriptions I've heard of a Reju. For me too. It's 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 so down to earth, simple. Everybody understands it immediately, <laughs> and I think that's what it, that's what it is. Okay. It's constantly constantly polishing what is already there, or something like this, and that it don't get dusty. So that's one change eh, from from ev during every get uh, for uh, in each gathering to uh, only when when you give a Reiki class. Um, but another difference, for instance, is, is that in uh, when I'm trained in Usuishi Kriyo, as I told you, but later on, I also took a training in Jikiden Reiki 1 and 2 with Tadao Yamaguchi, because he, that is a Reiki style that did not came to the West first and then back to Japan. So it's, it, it originates from J Japan and he is Japanese. And I wanted to, to hear a teacher speaking in Japanese about the Reiki class. And that's why I took Yikiden Reiki 1 and 2. And one of the things that I learned there was that um, uh, if you if you want to, to offer a distant treatment in Japan, you do not have to ask permission to that person. While in the West, it was, a, it was an issue. You must have permission from the, otherwise you are not allowed to send Reiki, blah, blah, blah. And because in the West, the, Individualism, the individual is 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 of more importance than um, the whole the whole context. But in Japan, it is all about harmony and society. And if somebody, if you notice that somebody needs re reiki, then apparently there's something uh, going on. And because that of what is going on, uh, the harmony may uh, yeah may be disturbed by this person, and you don't want that. So you send him reiki different culture and that is another great thing you're bringing because i see a lot of fights on facebook chats about like you have to ask for permission you don't in my training basically you're like the sun right like you shine whoever wants to take it takes it if not they go to a cave like it's it's not <laughs> sending it's very it's not forcing it it's just like being in a space of light and illuminating whoever wants so i think also that is a great so people understand is a cultural difference and also true time I love that there is finally the explanation of why just like that, right? And the confusion. So hopefully we are avoiding a bunch of Facebook fights with this. I hope so. If indeed, if you have more uh, knowledge and insights in the cultural difference, then you also understand the difference between uh, Reiki in Japan and Reiki in the West. And, and both are true, but it's just a different context. And also, of course, a different time because Usui lived in 1922 and we live here in 2022. And if, for instance, if you um, uh, take a look at the relevance of Reiki uh, in, in uh, physical healing, is in 1922, even uh, antibiotics was not invented. So you, 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 got, you, were, you got a disease from, from whatever you, you could you get ill. So that was constantly a threat. So of course people were glad that there was something like uh, like Reiki, Usui Reiki Ryoho, even if it wasn't Usui Reiki wasn't not primarily aiming at a, a physical healing. It, it was aiming 
healing for the mind and the soul. And physical healing would follow. But nevertheless, it, it helped, especially Hayashi, um, he focused more on physical healing. And that made sense in those days. But in the West, if, if you, now you have a headache, you take an aspirin. And if you have COVID, you get a vaccine or you get a booster. And that, that is, that is a, we have a different medical context, so to speak. So the, I think, the, my words, my, my, my vision, that the, the relevance for physical healing is nowadays in the West less than that it was in 1922 in Japan. I think that what, what in our world, what we need is a healing of the mind. If you see what is going on in uh, well, take the United States with what, what happened with the capital, with the elections, and, uh, and, and the state of the world of the mind, it's the woke culture, the cancel culture. It is, it is, there are so many things that, that, that seem to walk out of hand, get out of hand somehow. And I think that a lot of those crises that we have in our society is not about food, it is about mindset. Yeah. And I think that, that that's my personal opinion that the, the, the added value of Reiki should be of the mind, of the mindset. I tend to agree with you. I was listening to a podcast before we just met now about how the trouble is where every day more polarized, right? So yeah. I was thinking that's why Reiki is so good because it's about remembering that we're distinct but together, right? So I was thinking that's why Ricky is like in my head works so well, because then I'm not taking an extreme position against you. It's not black and white. We can respect each other's truth and remember that interconnection. Like, you know, if I cancel you, I'm canceling myself in a way. And that understanding I think right now is missing. And you can see it. I, I cannot open the news in the States. Like every time I, I see the New York Times, like, Either they now everybody can carry guns in New York City. Well, that's not what we need. What we need is people to relax and heal, right? Like, yes, not yeah, more guns, like in the subway with people who don't know how to shoot. Like, it's, it's, but it's, as you say, I think that healing of the mind, the emotional body, the heart, like all of these things are very much in need. And I have never like thought about that either when I compare like Japan and today. No, and yeah, but in the, indeed, Japan. Um, if we if we look at Japan in 1922, it was also a country in turmoil. Turmoil. Yeah. It was um, uh, because we we know the, the Second World War in 1940, 1945. But Japan was already uh, engaged in all kinds of military activities from uh, late 1800, early 1900 up up to and include it the the it accumulated into World War II, and in 1945 it stopped. But yeah. it, it didn't. It's so Usui in 1922 was already living in a period of many military conflicts because Japan uh, had seen how these Western uh, countries colonized, and Japan has no no uh, no uh, uh, source materials like iron and and coals, so they have to import everything into their country. So they decided, well, we can also we can also have our colonies, and that's how they. How they uh, invaded Manchuria and tried to invade uh, Korea. And those, so it it is there was constantly something going on, and there were riots in Japan in the 1920s. Rice oh. riots for food, and uh, the palace of the emperor was under siege. So it wasn't really an an, an easygoing, nice uh, uh, Japan that we we often imagine from the everybody is in harmony. No way, Jose. 
it was a land in turmoil. And um, also financially, because there was a war industry, a war economy going on, that meant that 30% of the net gross national income went into the war economy. And that is, a lot, that is a lot of money for people, of course, because you cannot spend it on other things like food and education and whatsoever. So it was, uh, it's not without reason that Usui uh, was not the only one who offered a healing system. He was uh, uh, one out of thousands. There were literally hundreds, if not thousands of people similar like, like Usui. And it just purely by accident that uh, Usui survived and that his Reiki survived. Uh, so and that's why we have this conversation today. But he was just one of many. He was not not as uh, extraordinary, and for that reason, no, it was a matter of coincidence because Takata went to Japan and she brought it to. If Takata wouldn't have lived, we wouldn't have sp spoken about Reiki today. Simple as that. It would have well, faded, faded away. And if if World War II will not happen, maybe he will not have become a doctor, a Christian doctor, right? Like the context. I love oh, how you always explain like the context affects spirituality, right? So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about your work on context and how it may affect the way we perceive these practices. Um, well, I think that um, we live now in the West, so we should recognize a Western context. And for example, what we already touched on is that um, individualism is uh, yeah, very important in the West, whether you like it or not. So in case of this, um, distant treatments, I most certainly am in favor of asking permission to people because that is how we do it in the West and that is what I, how I train my students regardless that Yikiten Reiki does it in another way or that in Japan it is done in another way. I don't live in Japan, I live here. So different, yeah, different setting. And what we said, I, personally, I am more interested in, in healing of the mind and uh, that Reiki becomes a way of life rather than than that I focus on physical healing. If, if, if some person has physical problems, go to a doctor. They, they, they perform miracles. And uh, the, if you see at the speed of development of uh, within medical healthcare, that is, that is amazing. Yeah. I think of, think of this whole mRNA vaccine. That, that some people say that is completely new, but it isn't. It was an idea. And it was an idea that was uh, posted 15 years ago within academia and academic medical world. And they have been working on it for 15 years and it was just ready. And they had, well, okay, now, now we have to wait for something happens so that we can try this mRNA vaccine. Bam, there was Corona. <laughs> there and, you and go, it, you needed it, there you go. Yeah. There you go. And when the Chinese um, um, made public how this, this Corona, this, this uh, thing, uh, um, looked like uh, Moderna and, uh, and Pfizer within 24 hours they had developed the vaccine and they only had to make it and they took some and to test it and so they took a year but they had it in no time wow it's, it's a miracle and that is yeah I, I'm sorry I, I, I like science I'm, I'm really <laughs> in okay. favor of, of science and I love to have a balance of people here. Like, you know, I love, I'm a nerd too, so I totally understand it. But I was thinking another thing that we often don't think, like, for example, sometimes people are like, no, I can cure cancer with Reiki. Like they did it at Usui's uh, clinic. But at that time, it was not like a session a week. You know, it, like when you will go sick to a place and go to like Usui's clinic, you will have constant uh, care and, and offering of session. It wasn't, 
So we're also going to compare the way we offer sessions nowadays. Like one hour a week is not going to really give you what those people experience at the clinic. No. And again, where are the testimonies? Yeah. Where are the testimonies of healing? Takatas. No. Where are the testimonies from Usui? Yeah, yeah, no, no, but Takata from healing, but actually from, yeah, from Tuhiro Hayashi as well. Yeah. But it, and in those days, there was nothing else. Not, not much else. So yeah, it 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 uh, it it makes sense. But but I'm really inf if if one of my uh, students has something physical, I always urge them to go to to a medical doctor at least for a diagnose, so that they know what uh, uh, to what they say yes or no. And uh, yeah, that that's my opinion. Yeah, and I think that's why a lot of times we see Reiki more as a complementary to empower the healing than just replacement as well you know sometimes yeah. we get confused so i wanted to also go so for you what i feel like a little bit like reiki give you this beautiful clarity from the beginning right so what other gift or what other transformation have you had from reiki practice in your life what other um well i, th I think uh, accept life as it is more or less to to uh, what some, what some call ancient ritsume, from that you do your purpose in life with a calm mind. And uh, I think that I'm doing that. And uh, so I'm not just living day by day and uh, let's see, it's all about pleasure and uh, that's it. But I think I want to, uh, because I, I realized that, for instance, before my academic study is, is a lot of things have to come together. Yeah, you have to you have to have some intelligence. Well, there are enough people who have it, but you have endurance. You must continue for four oh, yeah. years. It, you have to, it can be uh, it can be uh, uh, lonely because you, it, there comes a point that you cannot speak with anybody of what you're doing because you're the only one who has the knowledge of it. <laughs> and yeah, it's and so. Um, you, you must have a partner who appreciates it every night. You're sitting in, in, the, in, in, in your study room in, in, instead of the living room and, and having fun with her. So, and it has to come together. And I think that gives me a responsibility for the Reiki community to share these things and to be there if there are questions. And that is, that is my purpose. And I think that for me, that is a purpose in life. And I, I love doing it. I, I, I love it. This is, this is my path. And I really hope that when I, close my eyes for the final time that I leave the world uh, in a better condition than when I came to the world, so to speak, that I've contributed something. That's my, that's my, that's my goal. Well, maybe it's ambitious, maybe it's not you, but that's what, that's my goal. That's my, that's my intention. Let's put it that way. But it's a, it's a beautiful intention. I think you said two things I love. First, accepting things as they are. Like we often see Reiki practice as a manifestation tool or nothing bad will happen. And what it gives you is that beautiful centering and to just see things with a little bit more clarity and less attachment. And then the other thing, like at the end, that's the goal, right? Through the precepts, be happier and, and bring a little bit of that peace around us. And if we all had a practice like that, then we will not be so polarized as well, right? It's and another thing that you mentioned at the beginning, and it was from the studies, there are many truths, right? And we, stu we study them all. And I think for me, Reiki practice has allowed me, like, okay, there are many truths. And my truth, like, the more I practice, the less attached to it it is, the more 
tenuous it feels. So I don't know if you want to like talk a little bit about those many truths in Reiki. Yeah, there are many truths of Reiki because when I, when I uh, did the Usushi Kriyoho Reiki class, it was different from the Ikiden Reiki class, and both are true. But it it, it differs. Yeah. And uh, when when Phyllis Furumoto uh, developed her Reiki style into the nine elements of four aspects, as it is called, maybe you've heard the term. Yeah, that is that was her truth. That was what she had to offer. And um, and and Tadao Yamaguchi offers it in offers Reiki in a different way, and they're both true. So and that's what, by the way, one of the reasons that I uh, recently uh, let go the um, um, the the Usui Sikri Ryoho uh, part, and I I consider myself now as Reiki master in Reiki. So not Reiki in this, or Reiki in that, or the Yoyan Yonker Reiki, but just Reiki. And uh, so that it is um, not no longer affiliated to any of the st current styles, and uh, just bring bring it back to the to the center. And I give Reiki classes. And I is letting go of labels as well, right? And again, sometimes they're different. They're all valid, and let's not fight about it. You know, there is. But I love like there is actually a background. Like in your case, you have the historical and philosophical understanding of these differences that helps a lot. And I ask every person uh, one question is a teachable lesson. So obviously you've been practicing for years and you've been very committed, right? Both for like the academic side and the practice side. Uh, so is there a teachable lesson, like something that actually was an oops, but you end up like, oh my God, this was the biggest gift of my life that I did this mistake. Well, the biggest gift, but it was a gift. It, this, yes, this oops, oops moment. I, I just had Reiki, I think, uh, for, for one or two years or something like that. And I was, I was very enthusiastic and I wanted to share it with everybody, uh, all my friends and, and, and fake friends and everybody who were new in the street. So... We were uh, visiting friends and uh, I was uh, again uh, talking about Reiki, very enthusiastic. And I said, you have to try it. You must take sit on the seat and I will, seat and I will give you Reiki. And, and she clearly didn't want it. And I clearly wanted her to sit on the, on the, on, on the chair. So <laughs> in the end, she, she took, um, uh, but my, my, my partner at the time, uh, who was sitting opposite of this woman, she saw that she was sitting like this. And I was giving Reiki on behind her with her hands on the shoulder. And so I couldn't see her face. But what I did feel is that the, the energy or whatever, what, what, what I was trying to, to pass on through my hands, didn't enter her body. So it became a, what I call a cloud of Reiki in, on my hands. And they, it almost felt as they, as they were heavy. As I, as I was lifting her weight because it, it, it wasn't flowing into her. It was it was still around my hands. It was a strange experience, and it was for me. It was a lesson: don't push it. Uh, let, let give let people decide for themselves if they want Reiki, and if they don't want it, don't. Then they don't want it. Full stop. That's it. So that that yeah. So the the um, evangelism stopped there. I, I, I love that because I think when we take our first Reiki class, we're all so excited. Like I think. I tried with my family. It was the biggest disappointment because not only did they didn't want it, they didn't feel it. They call it like witchcraft. So it makes you to feel very insecure. It's like, this is not working. So I love that you reached that because we're, yeah, even though we're excited about it, other people may not. 
and and yeah. Yeah, they, that that is lovely because I'm sure we're gonna get comments of like that happened to me as well. And then I want I know you told me you're both sided, right? So you're a practitioner on one side and you're an academic on the other side. And I had never heard that description and I like it. But if there is one tip that you can give from your academic background to improve people's practice, everyday's practice, uh, what would that tip be? One tip. If you practice, don't ask yourself questions about if it is if it does exist, if it is right or wrong, if it is if there is an energy or not. Just do it. If you practice, um, what I the term that I the, the term both sided. By the way, that is something that um, my supervisor and I came up with because I'm a schooler and and a practitioner. And when you are a schooler, you you must let go the. the, the not be biased by the practice yeah that's it but if you are a practitioner you should not be biased by knowledge and i think that is that is what i often say to people and if you step in if you practice step in the practice and don't discuss what you're doing just do it and if if you step out then we can discuss it again but not during practice and and that is what I also like of Reiki gatherings. It ends uh, mouth closed uh, on the table and receive Reiki. That's it. Back to the basic. And I, that's what I like. I always like to go back to that basic. Even if, if I can, as an academic can, or as a schooler, can ask myself, is it, is it energy or not? Or is it, it doesn't matter. When I'm laying on the table, I experience it and I like it. I, I think that is an amazing piece of advice. And... You know, we overthink everything, especially I think also when you have a quick training, you're so full of doubt. So I think that is a beautiful piece of advice for everybody from the beginning to the end of your journey. And I yeah. really appreciate that because sometimes I'm like, it's funny, like now I have the voice, I just let it be, right? When are you going to do a ritual? Today you drank, you didn't drink enough water. Is this work? And like you learn to leave it aside, right? Like but stepping yeah. into that space and letting go of the thinking yeah. part, I think it's beautiful. And it ties. I, 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 I want to add something, if I may. Yeah. Of course. Um, um, uh, Dory Beeler, the other schooler that I told yeah. you about, she did also a PhD on Reiki. Um, but she did a Reiki master training with me. And because she wanted to become a Reiki master, so who, how on, by, by, who on earth can be my Reiki master? So she, she came to me. We are very dear friends, I must say. And um, so, so, um, and uh, what what we did is when we talked about Reiki, and sometimes we had a question in, on her Reiki mastery path, and we we didn't find the answer like that. And then uh, what I what we often did then is then okay, we don't find it on this level. Tonight at never uh, uh, tonight at nine o'clock, since ten o'clock, my time, your time at the same time. We sent we sent Reiki at the same time to this topic. And then we try to touch it from that perspective. And then uh, the next time we talk about it. So we, we, in a way, we stepped in and we stepped out uh, together. And that was amazing. But when, we, uh, when the day came that she had to receive her master initiation, yeah, we already knew at that time that it was invented by Takata. So in principle, you don't need one. It's about the training and not, not, but nevertheless, it was, we're still within Usushi Kriyons in those days. So there had to be a master initiation. So I had to give her a master initiation. So we, we were a little bit, yeah, 
to, to uh, yeah, walking around the hot pot, as we say in the Netherlands, <laughs> from uh, uh, what to do. And but then we did it. And the moment it's uh, so we said, okay, we step in both. You you step in, I step in. We now do mass initiation. And it was the most emotional, beautiful experience we had together. It was it was astonishing. It was I was completely the Reiki master. She was completely the master initiate, uh, the, the master candidate. And it was complete magic. It was complete magic, and it was fantastic. And 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 that is that is how we did it. And I think that was for me. That's if you interview her, you can also ask it. But for me, it was an amazing moment. That's beautiful. I I read. I was reading a book from Franco Sateski, The Five Invitation, and he describes this emptiness, right? This interconnectedness as intimacy. That deep intimacy, like, and I'm thinking of what you say and this encounter of the soul. So when you're describing that, that description of him, of interconnectedness as intimacy really came to mind in a beautiful way. Yeah, yeah. Because I think sometimes it's like, oh, we become one is very heady, right? But like deep intimacy without boundaries. I think that is a little bit clear uh, of what sometimes we experience. I have another question because you mentioned this. And that may also be something our viewers, listeners may be interested. And this is my last question. Uh, so you mentioned that the initiation was created by Takata. Can you tell master, us a little? The master initiation. The master initiation. Okay. So can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? Well, uh, as far as we know today, is that um, Usui initially had created his Usui Reiki Ryoho in 1922, and uh, and in 1923, there was this great Kanto earthquake. And he realized that that is what we think happened. He realized that there were more people needed who, who uh, could give Reiki, perform Reiki treatments. And uh, we think that that was for him the trigger to, to develop a Rita Passage, an initiation from no Reiki to Reiki. And he called it Reiju. And this Ray 2 is um, based on at least uh, Buddhism, uh, esoteric Buddhism from the Kanjo ritual, the ritual that is an, a specific uh, f uh, family of rituals for initiations. And on the other hand, I think that was one of my conclusions in doctoral study that it is also based on the Shinto ritual, Shinkon Kishin. And because in Shinkon Kishin, um, uh, that also is a family of rituals. And there's one ritual in particular where there is a master a student and a third party, the energy. And uh, my experience is when I give a Reiki initiation uh, that uh, I start the initiation, I, I do the, the procedure, I do the procedure, I, I do the procedure, I do the procedure. And at some point, something takes over. And then it's not I give the initiation, but an initiation takes place. And for me, that is the moment that there is not a, a two party, but a three part, a three party a relationship between the master, the student, and uh, the energy, so to speak, as, as if it is an, an entity, an, an commo uh, commo non commodity, an entity. And um, that, that is for me so the mystical part of Reiki, that that takes place. And in Shinto, in Shinkonki Shin in particular, you can recognize it. So Usui had created this ritual. And every time that, that when people came to his gatherings, they received this ritual. And the same happened with Hayashi, because you can see that in Jikiden Reiki, that is based on, on Hayashi Reiki, so to speak. And when uh, Takata came to the West, somehow 
uh, it, it evolved into uh, four initiations for Reiki 1 class. But probably it had to do with that the Reiki 1 class um, hold, hold it four day parts. Because there were four day parts. And so there were four initiations. As easy as that. And because Takata was traveling around and there were students from coming all over the place, they there were no monthly gatherings as Hayashi had, had and as Usui had. So it it people experienced it from I do a Reiki class, I receive four initiations, and that's it. Oh. And then they went out went out, they flew out to back to Canada or whatever. And the same was it with Reiki 2. There, there was no Reiki 2 initiation because it was just a continuation of a training. And for instance, Jikin and Reiki is often given uh, back to back, Reiki 1 and 2, right? in five days. It totally is, flows over into each other. And every day you receive this Reiki 2, so it, it just continues. And when Takata gave classes with Ayashi on Hawaii, it also was back to back. It was, it was all st still one training. And later it got more separated. And that was, of course, perhaps even the gift of Takata that she noticed, because thanks to her experience, that uh, that it was not such a bad idea that people first practice with Reiki and then do a Reiki 2, uh, then follow a Reiki 2 class. So there's nothing wrong with that in itself. And uh, But they, they received initiation and that mm -hmm. ritual changed a little bit, eh? the, the, the symbols got involved, those kinds of things. So it, 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 the procedure changed a little bit. And the same happened with the master initiation. Takata trained, most people think 22 masters, but they are, there are at least 23 and perhaps even more. But going back to this 22, the first nine, they were all acknowledged as master. Eh? Let there be no, no misunderstanding about it, but the first nine, did not receive a master initiation. And then there were six who did receive a master initiation. And then there were four who did not receive a master initiation. And then there were the three last ones who did receive a master initiation. So we, so she was alternating with, so my, this my personal uh, interpretation is that she was experimenting or somehow felt that the one needed it and the other, the other not. Or, we don't know because nobody asked. That is the problem because those 22 didn't, the, the, those who did not get the master initiation didn't know that there were others who did get the master initiation and vice versa. So, but it came into existence in the time of the Kata, that is for sure. And now it is what it is. And what Phyllis, uh, she, she, Phyllis uh, being the successor of the Kata or at, at least acknowledged successor of the Kata, in my opinion, started to emphasize the master initiation more and more. And at some point it was even so that you had to pay your $10,000, not for the master training, but for the master initiation. And that was of course new because Takata would never have done that. So there you see a change in, in how this master initiation evolved and became a commodity in itself. And the, the backside of it, the downside, and that was of course never the intention of Phyllis, yeah. is that people started to believe that you must receive a master initiation to become master. And so there became a market for it. Oh, you want to become a Reiki master? I, I, I can give you a master initiation for 100 euro and then you are a Reiki master. So because the emphasis 
shifted towards the master initiation, for some people, uh, the training got less, got less emphasized. Not within the Suishikuyo, there it is still uh, very traditional that it is a, a solid training that can take years. And, uh, uh, and then you receive the master initiation as, as a, a, a final, final touch of it or something like that. But outside that, in the Reiki world worldwide, yeah, it has, it has become a product. And, yeah. uh, I've been just... offered initiation for forty dollars, and it and it works. happens. Like yeah, and the master is like a little more expensive, a hundred dollars without any training. Like they they say I'm selling like they are literally giving you the attunement and a manual. Like that's it. Yeah, that's it. And but I don't judge that. I th I see mm -hmm. it happen. It is I see it as a phenomenon. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, and of course you can ask yourself: Is there a difference between? Reiki master who has been who has received the training of of one two three four five years versus somebody who's kicked out the door with an initiation and handbook. Of course, there's a difference. But I also realize that we as Western society also grow in our our spirituality, and especially a lot of those people. They may have already uh, learned a lot and have studied a lot about Buddhism and and Japanese. I don't know what. And so maybe it for them, it just fits in what they already know. So I don't judge it. I just observe it and it wasn't my path. And it is not the path that I offer to people. But it doesn't mean that, it, that the other path is wrong. It, it is just there. It is, it, is, it is just there. Yeah, and it may always be like also a way to start a practice, you know? Like I started with really bad training and then because of that, it actually impulsed my good training. So maybe just an attunement gives you that spark as you had it, that clarity. Hey, I want to do this for life. And then you go deeper into it. And what I love is that you actually explain a little bit, because sometimes we start, again, discussing these things without the background, right? And we go nowhere. So it's interesting to understand what caused that shift towards the attunement. So I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, if, you, if you have more questions, I'm I, available now. So my last question is like for people who want to reach out where you are, uh, all your information, I will put the links, uh, obviously. And if there is any other resource beyond your website that you want to share, feel free to do so now. And then I'll so give you a drawing. My website is uh, uh, www.yoyan.nl. Perfect. And I'll spell it there. So everybody who has a question or want to train with you, especially if they're in Europe, please, please do so. And like the Netherlands have like so many great like Reiki teachers. It's amazing. It's like per capita. <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your time, your wisdom, uh, amazing research. And what I love, like it really is research that actually can inspire us to go deeper into the practice, right? Knowing the context, uh, allowing us to be more flexible as way and less judgmental. So I really appreciate that. Uh, and I think a lot of people will do. Uh, if you're listening or watching again, you can reach out for Georgia and I'll put the website. You can, I can connect you if needed, if you have any questions. And if you're really, really into academic reading, he has a wonderful uh, thesis of 600 pages. So that sometimes he shares if you're nice to him. So thank you so much, Georgian, and I'll keep in touch. Bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to the Dive into Reiki podcast. You can read a full transcript of today's interview at diveintoreiki.com slash blog. If you found this episode helpful, please hit the subscribe button, leave me a review, or just share it with your friends. It makes all the difference. Thank you. Gracias. Merci.